Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. We see a clearer picture of the course of this world with each passing day. This world has a course or path that it's taking. It's unfolding in a myriad of ways and it's impacting our culture and ultimately the way of life. Paul describes his truth in Ephesians chapter 2 and I'm going to read verses 2 and 3 and it's from the English Standard Version of the Scripture and it reads, You once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the signs of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. That scripture describes, he was talking to the, to the church at Ephesus, describes the nature of unbelievers before we become one with Christ. And he broke it down in very specific terms. And, and the course of this world is a theme that you hear because the Holy Spirit kept giving that to me this week, the course of this world. And it's, it's in this particular scripture, is highlighted. And I'm going to break the scripture down now so we can understand it. And we can learn what the Holy Spirit wanted to paint us, the picture he wanted us to see. Now, first, let's take a look at, it says, first, you want to walk following the course of this world. Now, when we're talking about the course of this world, we mean that there's a path that this world is taking, or the world system, when I say this world. And it's a path where the ways of society and of the culture which is in opposition of God and rebellion against God, those ways are what we're seeing being played out before us by the world or those who are in the world system. And before we were in Christ, we did the same thing. We were open with how we lived and our life was in opposition of God. It was really the Antichrist spirit, the, the spirit that is against Christ or in place of Christ. Now, what's very interesting about this is that the world has a spirit. And I looked this information up and I studied this in, it's called Bible Tools. But the topic of this particular Bible Tools lesson was what the Bible says about the course of this world. Now, the world has a spirit and Bible Tools explained it this way. And I'm going to read their definition, what they meant by this. It said, the spirit of the world's it's the world's attitude, the world's inclination, tendencies, atmosphere, mood, or frame of mind. And it says it's the invisible and immaterial motivating impulse at work in the signs of disobedience. It goes on to say we cannot see this spirit, but we can see the actions and attitudes of mankind and thus find evidence of the spirit that is working. I thought this was very interesting and a very detailed and accurate description 
of what we mean about the course of this world. Now, Bible tools here breaks it down by, by describing that there's a spirit behind the course of this world. In other words, there's a spirit that's driving the course or the path that the world is taking. And it is in complete opposition to God. And it describes very well about the, the state of mind of the world, of those who are in the world system, the frame of mind or how they think, their mood. And it's something that's immaterial. It's something you cannot see. That's why we say it's a spirit. It's a spirit, a pneuma. It's a spirit. It's something that's invisible and immaterial, but it impacts mankind. That's the spirit. That's, that's why this I, I describe is the, that the world has a spirit. That's the spirit behind the world. And it's important for us to understand this because when we see things, things that are in front of us that for us may not make much, much sense or for us is completely opposed to what we believe or what the word of God says, we will understand that there's a spirit behind it, the spirit of this world that's driving it. Now, the spirit of the world, it influences and it stirs up the spirit in man. And because of that, it will induce that individual to think and feel a certain way. And they would think and feel a certain way about things, about the way they live and about the things that are in their lives. And since they think a certain way, ultimately they will act a certain way. So that's the world system. That's the first part of the scripture that talks about the world system. You want to walk following the, the course of this world or the path that this world system takes. The second part of the scripture says, the prince of the power of the air refers to the, the prince of the power of the air. And, and the prince of the power of the air is who is influencing those who are following this course of the world. And it's Satan himself. Now, the reason why Satan is described in this particular instance as the prince of the power of the air is because he rules over the world. And he was given that the ability to rule over the world when Adam and Eve sinned, they gave over some of their authority, their authority over to the God of this world, to Satan. And even though ultimately God is sovereign over everything, because Satan beguiled and, 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 and deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden, and Eve, Adam and Eve both ate of the fruit, that's when there he was able to really take jurisdiction over what's happening in the world. Now, when I talk about this, I'm saying that he is the prince of the power of the air, which means he rules over the world and he rules over unbelievers. Those who don't believe in Christ, he is their ruler. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, and it's the English standard version of the scripture, it reads, and it's describing the, the state of people who are under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. It reads, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. When people are unbelievers, when they don't believe in the Lord Jesus and in Christ and they have another belief system, they are blinded by the God of this world because because of their unbelief, because of the state of their unbelief, they are given access to the God of this world. They're given access to their minds, to their thoughts, to their proclivity, to everything about them, to the God of this world. And he deals in deception. And so they are deceived. And this scripture teaches us this. 
Now, in contrast to that, for those of us who believe in the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit is in us, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 describes our state, and it's the Amplified Version of Scripture, and it reads, For he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Amen. Jesus expressed when he began his ministry on earth, after he had been he had been tested in the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, he came out. And when he proclaimed his ministry there in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus states, The time is fulfilled, he said, and the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's Mark chapter 1, verse 15, and it's the Berean Study Bible. So Jesus actually declared when he announced his ministry on earth that the time is fulfilled. His time is here now. It's been fulfilled for him to come forth. And he said, repent, which turn from your way of thinking, turn from your way of doing things. Repent, turn and follow him and believe in the gospel, believe in the good news, the good news of the gospel. Today's episode of Phyllis's A New Creation is stay woke, pay attention. About two weeks ago, I shared with you that our the House of Representative, our House of Representative was they were voting on the Equality Act, and I mentioned that it was going to be voted on by the House of Representative. And since then, the House of Representatives have passed. Uh, it did pass the House of Representatives, and now it's going to go before the Senate. Now, there was a debate that took place on the floor of the House of Representatives concerning the Equality Act. And as I was preparing for this message, the Holy Spirit brought that back to me. And I want to share that with you. It's an actual debate that took place on the floor of the House of Representatives, and it was about the Equality Act. And remember, the Equality Act is an act that's designed for people to be able to identify as their gender. If they identify as their gender, then it will become, it's really designed for the Equality Act to help, help, help people with gender identification to have this as a civil rights. It's a part of the 1964 Civil Rights Act of 1964. So they will have the same rights as what was given to those who received rights, African-Americans primarily through the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Now, what's so interesting about this debate is you had two different, two different uh, representatives, congresspeople, congressmen, and it began with Congressman Greg Stubbe of Florida. He stood up in the House and he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5, and that particular scripture speaks of how a man should not wear women's clothing and how a woman should not wear men's clothing. And Representative Stubbe, he explained it in this in this particular manner. He said that it did not, this particular scripture did not focus on or is not focusing on the wearing of clothing, but it focused on as it related to the Equality Act, people determining their own sexual identity. He said that for people to determine their own sexual identity, it is not, it is not 
honor before God is basically what he was saying about that when he stood up. And what caught my attention was a response from another congressman. His name is Gerald Nadler, and he's from New York. And this is what he he, 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 he said after Greg Stubbe finished his statement. He quoted Deuteronomy. And he also explained what he meant by that. Jerry Nadler stood up and I'm, I'm going to quote him exactly what he said. He said, what any religious tradition describes as God's will is no concern of this Congress. Now, this statement was a very powerful statement that was made by one of our representatives from New York, Gerald Nadler, and the other representative from Florida who spoke about in the book of Deuteronomy. I told you about what he said before. I mentioned about how this particular act was going to be debated. Now, when Mr. Natler said that, there was no response from any people in his party or any, any other response concerning it. But it does speak of a particular mindset. It does speak of, of what we have uh, going on today in this nation and in the nations of the world. We have people who have one particular point of view of how things should be done, whether God should have his will should be done or not, and other people who have a different point of view. Why am I bringing this up? Because I believe that the Holy Spirit had me to share this today. It's talking about stay woke, pay attention, because he wants us to be aware of what's happening around us. Be aware of the course of this world and what's happening in this nation and the nations of the world. In Romans chapter 13, verse 11, I'm going to read the Amplified Version of the Scripture. It reads, Do this, knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency, for our salvation is nearer to us now than we first believed in Christ. And this is the Romans chapter 13, verse 11, the Amplified Version of the Scripture. The Holy Spirit is saying to us, wake up, awaken. And the reason why this scripture is so important about our salvation is nearer to us than when we first believe is because Christ may return at any time. And when he returns, that means that the time of judgment, the time of victory in Christ, will come. We are to stay woke. We are to be aware of what's going on and pay attention to what's not only what's happening in our in our Congress, but what's happening in our homes, what's happening in our church, what's happening in the businesses around us, what's happening in every segment of our society. God has placed his church, I mean the ecclesia, the government of God in this earth for us to display to a world who may not even know him or even think about him or want to know him or even may even be hostile towards him to know that there is a God who loves them and wants them to know him. And there is a way that seems right to a man, but the, the way of which leads to death. People will only know the truth and they will only be set free through the word of God and through the people of God. In the book of Exodus, the Holy Spirit took me back to the book of Exodus, particularly in chapter 4, verse 22. 
And I'm going to read that scripture to you and expound how the Holy Spirit wanted me to share this with you. It reads, and it's the New King James Version of the scripture. Again, it's Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my son, my firstborn. God wanted Pharaoh to know that the children of Israel were his firstborn. Now, during that time, he, he said that for two reasons. Number one, the time and the culture which, in which he was speaking to Pharaoh and what Pharaoh's beliefs were and what he was teaching the children of Israel. The firstborn in the culture of the children of Israel, as well as in the culture of Pharaoh, the firstborn son was the one who would get the inheritance. The one who would, when the father passed away, would be the one who would be have the inheritance and would be over everything that he left. So for God to say that Israel was his firstborn, he was making a very, a very powerful statement to Pharaoh of how precious Israel was to him. Now, the second scripture that the Holy Spirit gave me that goes with that, the second part of it, he's saying here, he said, I command you, let my son go so he can worship me. But since you have refused, I will now kill your firstborn son. And that's the New Living Translation version of that scripture. Why is that important? God wants his people to be free and wants people to be free, free mankind to be free, to worship him. God is not concerned about us being happy, about us, us, us being content with the way our lives are. He wants us to worship him so that he can show us what's important. He can show us what our divine purpose is that can only be found through him. The reason why the Holy Spirit took me to that scripture was he knew that for all the years of my life that I've studied the Exodus and when the children of Israel were, were set free from bondage and God raised up to deliver in Moses, there was never an emphasis on God saying, let his people go so that they could worship him. It was always just an emphasis on people being set free. God wants us to know that if the Son makes you free, and Jesus said this in John 8, they will be free indeed. Only if the Son of God sets, sets the people free. People are bound. They're in bondage of the course of this world and the prince of the power of the air, as I said before. They are the sons of disobedience. But the way God wants them to be set free is through his son, the Lord Jesus, and through which him, they can have freedom, true freedom to worship him and have life and life more abundantly, as Christ said. God's heart is for people to be free to worship him today as he desired for the children of Israel in the book of Exodus when they were in, in bondage in Egypt. See, Egypt represents bondage. It represents slavery. The sin nature of those who are being influenced by the God of this world, talking about stay woke. They are under the God of this world, who is the father of lies. And they are being deceived and they believe that they are free, but they're in bondage. God took me back to the book of Exodus 
to compare the children of Israel being in physical, literal bondage also to Egypt. Whereas today, people are in physical, literal bondage to the God of this world, a spirit that keeps them bound. In John 8, verse 44, Jesus speaks to, the, this was the religious, the, the religious group of people who kept holding on to the past and they, they wanted to destroy Jesus. He said to them, this is in John 8, verse 44, and it's the English Standard Version of the Bible, and it reads, You are of your father the devil, and, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father lies. Did you hear that? Jesus described the nature of the devil or the prince of the power of the air. And the nature of the devil, the prince of the power of the air, is the nature of one who speaks lies. And that should be very evident to how oftentimes people who are under his influence believe lies. They, they believe that what they're believing is true, but it's really under the influence of the God of this world who speaks lies. Talking about stay woke, pay attention. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 5, verse 20, it reads, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. That's the world that we're living in. That's the world of today. That's the course of this world. But it's not of God. God wants everyone on the sound of my voice to know that he is sovereign. And if you have been following the course of this world, if you have been following the prince of the power of the air, if you by nature have been the son of disobedience or one of the sons of disobedience, Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know that you love me. I know that Christ died for me on the cross. And I know you raised Jesus from the dead. And this day, God, I'm asking you to save me. I didn't know that I was a son of disobedience. I didn't know that I was following the prince of the power of the air in the course of this world. But now that I know God, save me. And I believe. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for Phyllis is a New Creation. And remember, Phyllis is a New Creation exists so that you can know how to apply the Word of God to your everyday life. Today's episode, Stay Woke, Pay Attention, was a message that the Lord wanted us to hear so that we can awaken from our sleep, awaken from our slumber, and recognize that the return of Christ is much closer than when we first believed. And for those of you who prayed the prayer of salvation, welcome to the household of faith. 
You can find Phyllis's A New Creation in Google Podcast. You can just Google Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S apostrophe S, A New, A-N-E-W, Creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N. Heavenly Father, thank you for every soul that you've drawn together here today, God. Jesus said, where two or more gathered in my name, there I will be also. So God, thank you that the Lord Jesus is here. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence being here also for us. And I pray that every soul that's heard this message will open up their heart and welcome the Lord Jesus and begin to live for his purpose. Amen. Have a wonderful day.